Welcome again to Big Screen Auckland. I'm Nige. I'm Corey. And this is a podcast where we ramble about movies and shit and what's on on the big screens around Auckland. But this is a special rapid fire episode because Film Fest in Auckland at the moment. We're in full swing here. We're full swing of the Auckland Film Fest, absolutely. Usually we have nice acoustics in my dining room. There's great editing, courtesy of me. Planned out notes, we ramble heaps, we slur over our beers, um, and then we finish up on a what's on section. Not at the moment because there's a rapid fire. We're recording in a car. There's no time to think about shit. It's going to be full of ums and ahs. We're sober, and there's no what's on segment because the only thing other than Harry Potter, on movies at the moment, is the film fest. And uh, we're just going to talk about spoilers for a second. We're pretty easy-flowing when it comes to giving our opinions and their information about the films, and we'll happily reveal and ruin important plot things, so if you really don't want to hear us. We're going to make somewhat of an effort, because it's the uh, film fest in town, but yeah, this is your warning. So what you're about to hear is a few rough segments um, just stuck together. So enjoy that, and look for another one in another few days, because we're going to try and keep these flowing. They certainly will be. Well, uh, we've been to Take Shelter, and I'm going to come straight out and say it. I was as, as impressed oh, as I was hoping to be. Nice. That's normally my thing to dive in with love on the yep. second word. I'll tell you what, I fucking loved it. <laughs> Good. Just, we can't hold back. Michael Shannon. Holy shit, that guy can act. Fuck, he can act. Yeah, I first saw him in this one with Charlie Theron or something, and he's a, this would have been a good um, companion piece for this, because he thinks... The government's implanted microscopic uh, monitoring bugs under his skin. Wow. And he manages to convince, maybe it's Ashley Judd or something, but they hole themselves in this little uh, apartment, like, out in the... Sticks, yeah. And they, um, like, tinfoil the whole place, and they're, like, ripping their skin off and shit. Fucking freaky. It was a Midnight Madness movie over in Melbourne, I saw. No, but I must know him from something, because this is not my first one I've seen him in. What, what do I know him from? Yeah, I know him from um, Bad Lieutenant, what's called, the Herzog remake of the... I have a cartel film. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, both of them are great. Can't wait. But yes, he can fucking act. And there's one scene where he has a meltdown in the Lions Club in this and just yells at everyone, has a bit of a scuffle. Holy fuck, acting class. Yeah. Well, that's my infamous <laughs> knee kick scene. Yeah. I felt that kick, man. Mm-hmm. So the, just as, yeah, he, he starts having these dreams, nightmares, um, and they get worse, and he his hallucinations sometimes carry through the day about apocalyptic fucking visions and storms and birds and bees going crazy and friends attacking him, wife attacking him, dog attacking him and shit. And he takes all these measures in the real life, in his real world, to prevent it as best he can. He starts taking shelter. He he gives his, he, he locks his dog up then gives it away, etc. without, you know, ruining too much. Um, First, it's filmed really nicely. Like, you can't tell for a little while when it's going into dreams. Like, there's a couple yeah, of times he not. just keeps yeah. waking up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds frustrating, but it's not. No, it's not. And there's also, like, a really, quite a big backstory where, like, if you're watching this film normally and you're thinking, this guy's crazy, no one else can see it. He's, like, reacting to thunder and his mate doesn't flinch. And he's 35. When his mum was 30, she was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and has been locked away. And so in his mind, he's going to the library and getting books on mental illness and stuff because whilst he's taking precautions and building, like, a bomb shelter, he's also convinced he's you know he sort of knows he's going crazy he treats it so well he just accepts it and takes steps it does and his wife is the opposite because she's in the dark so he's got like a wife and he's got a deaf kid as well a little girl and they're both fine and his and he's got a job he's like a construction site the world they built for him was pretty good i thought Mm. Uh, father knocking over for dinner and that sort of shit but his daughter's involved in the dreams heavily so he plays a big a big role in it she's deaf so they've got these obligations and and his wife's, like, stressing out. They're worrying about money, and he's off building these shelters and buying shipping containers and digging them in the ground. And 
it's another one of like we watching workers work, watching yeah. people solve problems. It's so much fun watching. So you know he's running off and he's buying gas masks and stuff, and all the while, and, and eventually he has to tell his wife about these visions, and they they have a bit of a breakdown in the family for a while there, and but he keeps going. It was great though. Very small town, kind of a, a little bit of a claustrophobic feel, and like when he sort of starts scrapping with his mates, then he kind of can't keep away from them because they live in that little town. And yeah, I don't know. You really feel for him. You want to be. He's putting in such an effort to try and he's doing get nothing wrong this, either. Yeah, that you're on his side. Beautifully filmed. The sky always looks so fucking cool. Menacing, massive man. Massive clouds. Just the lightning effects were goddamn brilliant. Um, sound was good. Daughter not reacting to things they were saying was good. Is it on again? These people got a chance? Yeah, it's on again. It's playing again next week sometime. Rush out and see Take Shelter. I'm going to start recommending it to people. Tweet yeah, that yeah. shit. It was awesome. Do, Power, do, do. Powerhouse. And little mention I wanted to make. The wife, Jessica Chastain, um, this seems to be her year. She's also the wife in Tree of Life. And there's a, uh, another hitman-y type thing coming up with Helen Mirren called The Debt. And Helen Mirren plays the older version and Jessica Chastain plays the younger version. Wow, Helen Mirren, how, how many assassins has she played in the last few <laughs> years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her shtick now. Yeah, but this year seems to be fucking... I don't know this girl. And all of a sudden she's... She's got the chops. She can she can come up big. I've got nothing wrong with her. She can act. Yeah. We're going to start seeing a lot of her by the look of it. A new face we need to get to know. You heard her first on big screen all <laughs> This is easily shot to top three for me. Uh, I'm not going to give you the other two, but yeah, it's raced up to top three of my 10, 11, whatever I'll be up to by the time you guys hear this. Yeah, I might join you on that. Ooh, that's a fucking <laughs> recommend and a half, that is. Well done, Bill and the NZFF team. You nailed it. Yo, we just got back from Meg's Cutoff. Had a few friends there, down at the Civic, which is a great film for a uh, great venue for this sort of film. Tell us a bit about the film. Why did we go? Who's Wendy? Uh, yeah, Wendy and Lucy was the main reason I was so excited about this because I loved Win- Wendy and Lucy, uh, which is directed by Kelly Reichardt and starring Michelle Williams, and it was beautiful and lovely and made a whole bunch of my top lists. And uh, this is the same director, same actress. Early settlers sort of thing. I'm not so fussed with. But they proved themselves so much with Wendy and Lucy that I wasn't missing it for the world. Good call. Yeah, I've seen Wendy and Lucy. It's pretty good. And early settlers is what I'm all about. I was, uh, <laughs> that's one of the big reasons I went to this. And it paid off in, it paid off in uh, droves. It was a long camping trip on wheels. I loved it. <laughs> I'm going to list how many things you're all about. I think you're all about carpentry at one stage. I think you're all about ropes. That's had all of that. I think you're you're all about action movies. I think you're all about superheroes. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm all about a lot of things. <laughs> but nah, this was cool. Although we haven't had time to look up who Meek was. What do I know him from? He played JFK in 13 days. Man, unrecognisable though. So it's like following three families in their wagons as they do the Oregon Trail. And it's nice and still and arty and good shots and I, I can't uh, I haven't got the words for it but um, you know it follows their daily life they're grinding coffee they're setting up tents they're wading through rivers and shit like that and all the girls are wearing long dresses and all the men are making decisions and herding oxen ah it was choice one of the women's pregnant and has got a kid and it's moaning myrtle from the Harry Potter bathroom the other one's a quivering idiot her husband needs to slap her around but he never does feminists don't hate me yeah, it was good, man. All filmed in a square, which looked really... Yeah, I was going to say, because on the Civic it was really tall as well, because it was a square. like. Mm, and we were down in the stalls, 
And so we're looking up at this giant square. It made it seem tall because it wasn't what, stretched what, out. What, does it even have a name for that ratio? Because it's just square. <laughs> it has a name. I'm sure it does. Yeah. I have no fucking idea. Three or four by three or some shit like TV. <laughs> yeah. I've heard people say that it really she used it really well and that it really benefited from that. Maybe because it was focused on the people. Maybe um, it helped center on the like as the wagons rolled across the stream in a normal western or whatever film with big horizons. You'd make it as wide as possible to show the desolation or something, but this was really centered in on that triple family unit. You know, their their campsite. It never really strayed that far. So maybe Perhaps. that's what. No, that's my opinion. That's my mm. uh, not my opinion. Sorry, that's my theory. If people have said that, yeah, uh, I wouldn't say that. I came up with that on the spot. <laughs> it was interesting. I don't know if it served it very well. I kept noticing it, probably because our screening went fairly badly. Yeah, yeah, midway. We're not trying to fill this uh, review up with times the cinema projectors have stuffed something up but um, or something stuffed up on them. They fixed it pretty damn quick at the Civic, I'll give them that much. Yeah. But it sort of slipped off its reel and... and we got all the good slow motion sounds. Oh, <laughs> Very cool. And then it had a slight um, misalignment, but no dramas. I really enjoyed this. And the, the engine at the end... Not the Indian, no, the Indian halfway through. I enjoyed that whole take. Mm. I dug the settler part of it as well. Like Wendy and Lucy in Settler's Time. And her husband, man, what's his name? He's good. Yeah, yeah, he was good. It was, um, it wasn't for me, like Wendy and Lucy I could watch over and over and over. This one I don't know that I'll be returning to that quickly. Um, but it, it was really good. I didn't find the story, like they were really hopeless. I mean, their situation, sorry. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. The situation was really hopeless, whereas Wendy, you know, you were there trying to solve shit with her. This seemed to be a a rambling thing, but that was nice how it was, you felt their frustrations. Do we fucking trust this dick, or... And they're all starting to split, and... What direction, and everything's just getting worse, and it's like, can't they just fix that wagon? Nah, because that'll take, like, you know, a week, and then they'll be stuffed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had some opinions as to why they didn't do one or two things to try and find what they were looking for. Like I, but I mean, what would I know? <laughs> you know, it, it, like when they split off to search for water, and then she meets an Indian and fires a shotgun to call him back. They never like, all right, well let's go do that again. That's just the last time it's mentioned. And you, I thought there were a couple of times like that in Wendy and Lucy. It was like, well, she she should just do this. Right, right. Everything they did was good. I, you know, I liked the river crossing. I liked seeing that old sort of style life. I liked the way it was filmed. Yeah, it was oh. very, very beautiful. They had a, the dresses were really, really colourful, and everything else was really dry. Everything a- was arid, bloody. Everything yeah. was tan, <laughs> um, but it looked really, really nice. And shit like the river crossing and stuff was satisfied that workers working kind of thing that I think both you and I have are kind of fans of. Like them solving it, how do we get this these carts down the hill and yep. um, fixing the axle and, and shit like that was all really cool. But I mean, character, that, that Meek, he was, and his ridiculous racism to the local Indians, because it was back then, and he has that one speech which I thought sort of went unnoticed, where he's like, I know what I've done, I, I, I'm making no mistakes, I'm a sinner, when he's talking about shooting and bombing. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yeah, I appreciate that. This, this, guy, this guy's just a rough... Yeah. He even knows who he is. Maybe he didn't even come from that, you know. It's, um, I, I liked him. Yeah. And the, the idiot opinions of the Indian, that was a real good clash. I like bringing him in. Yeah, so a great film, but the two stand-up parts for me were both Michelle Williams with a gun. Like her steady, calm, reloading it that first time to fire yeah, the second watching warning her, shot. watching her, like, put all the powder in and shit. Not just watching her, but watching those pathetic other women fucking star-eyed staring at her in awe and wonder as this she was like a she was like a real proud woman whatever you, whatever you call it educated way beyond the others compassionate and, and shit like that 
That and then the standoff later on in the film. Yeah, standoff. Two thirds of the way through. That standoff was great. Michelle Williams is great. And how about those embroidered credits? <laughs> oh, the embroidered credits and the embroidered opening. No, it was cool. It was very cool. Uh, the Indian as well. I've got to give him full credit for his his um, acting. And, uh, you know, was, you don't see much of that on screen. Mm. I'm a big fan of Last of the Mohican and Dusted with Wolves. So this was, you know, I, I enjoy that period in American. Why didn't you come to New World with me? Yeah, I was going to. I don't know why I didn't miss that. Probably because it was all slick and colourful. So, yeah, that's um damn good day's viewing. Go and buy more film tickets. See more festival. It's on for, like, another week. Another week of damn good films by the time you hear this. Mm-mm-mm. Catch you later. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special treat for you. <laughs> we thought at the beginning we are going to be recording in the Sky City car park most of the time, but the last couple of days we've actually been driving home and recording in my backyard in the car still. But this one, we're actually rushing so much, we're fucking recording while Corey's driving. Now, I'm not too sure what the police would say. I'm not on a cell phone, <laughs> so I'm sure we're not breaking any rules, but this is coming to you live. We are midway down Dominion Road, halfway down <laughs> Dominion Road, heading into the city. What a treat. That's how dedicated we are. That's what you people are in for. Plus, the last couple have been sober as well, and um, at the moment I'm doing my best to not be sober, so we thought we'd <laughs> we'd bash out a, a special recording for you. We just went and saw The Forgiveness of Blood. An Albanian blood feud village slice of life drama that yeah. we have to do for now. <laughs> I, I like that. Slice of life. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like this before. I did want to see this. It sounded like something I'd never heard. Apparently, I think the write-up said the director heard of this thing that happens in Albania and thought it was an interesting premise. Holy fuck, was, was he, he right? right? Yeah, yeah, man. Holy shit, give the premise. Basically, it's a boy who's trying to go about his teenage life. This fit into that slot that I love so much. Teenage love in amongst fucked up shit yeah like Battle Royale is the kingpin of that but nice nice yeah it's about a guy who's going about his life in Albania um, got a crush on a local girl but his dad and his uncle there's a family fight going on with like the the other big family of the village yeah that patriarch and that family is now owed blood it's like a, it's almost like a legal fucking contractor there or something it well seems. that was the thing that's what the director must have found fascinating because if you wrong someone like we, we can't really reveal it without it doesn't ruin it too much like the, the brother and the, the father of the boy and his uncle go and hurt this other guy in the family and so the other family's due blood and everyone agrees everyone agrees no yeah they're, they're due they're due some repayment but while they think of what your repayment is your family's like on pause you're not allowed out no one's allowed to do anything house arrest yeah like house arrest it was so totally cool family is just not allowed to leave their house out of respect apparently and if they do leave the house if someone leaves the house then their other family is allowed to kill them fuck kids that's are, awesome young it sounds kids like a post-apocalyptic fucking it does it does and like it's a small village you can't like even check your mail without someone else seeing mm. Kids are exempt if they're young, but the boy we follow is 15 and he's not. He's got to worry. He's got to stay hidden away from windows even. Um, girls are exempt, but the particular feud is quite a rife one. And so the family may, the other family may or may not respect that. So girls be careful anyway. The dad is in danger of his life and they follow it all. They follow these kids stuck inside. He can't go to school. He can no longer date his missus. His classmates send him, like, videos shot on their Sony cell phones and shit, like, to keep in contact with their classmates. It's all accepted, like, oh, okay, their family's locked away for... And they said sometimes up to, you know, four, five, six years. 
people are, are locked in their houses. And what was the interesting part about it was it's obviously so clearly based on a real thing that they had the information to back it all up. You're locked away until the other the other family, the one that have been wronged, want to mediate. Okay, when can we mediate? Well, you've got to send the right person with the right elders bearing the right gifts, and even then they can refuse to talk. So come back at Christmas, and if that doesn't work, you know, next Christmas. Just give it 12 months, and they might have cooled their jets by then. Yeah. Wow, and there was all these little weird... Fascinating, man. There were all these weird exemptions. Like, well, can't we get... What have they called them? Besses. But, like, oh, can't we get an exemption to um, just to go shopping, like, on a Sunday? It's like, well, if you ask for an exemption, the other family can revoke that exemption. The exemption's <laughs> always only temporary. It's always hanging by a thread. Like, at one stage, the school even was sending a teacher over because they knew the, the kids were stuck there. Um, but then, finally, when they said, look, can the kids have a month of freedom... They're like, man, we'll give you two weeks. We'll give you two weeks. And then they give them two weeks, and like after like five days, they're like, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. And it's like, it's not just enough, you know, if we see you, we might spit on you. It's like, that's enough. If we see you outside again, you're dead. So and they had these fascinating scenes that set it up with this brilliant argument scene in the pub with the two families at two different pub tables, and they just like throwing insults at each other in polite ways. Yeah, yeah. It's such a great scene. Well, at least my family's not a pack of thieves. Oh, that's true, but at least we, uh, it's pretty good. Shit, it must have grown on me. Oh, yeah? You weren't that taken at the time? Oh, I was pretty taken, but, um... Do you know what? I think the premise and the real-life ideas behind it is actually better than the film. The film itself is not thrilling, riveting shit. It's pretty good. It's all about the premise, though. All around. I imagine even a documentary about this would be as good. If they could get in as close as we got to these two families. Yeah. And get the emotion on screen like we got. That daughter and that horse stuff was all awesome. Oh, and her cart was brilliant. That little... She sits, like, side saddle in yeah. this little tight little room. Like, yeah. They've built, like... They've taken, like, a, an axle from a trailer and built like a little coffee cut on it like just a tiny little box a wooden box thing with doors and windows pulled out of a house sort of thing and they heard around on this horse Klinsman Klinsman no it's fascinating stuff and I, I couldn't help but put myself into that like imagine if your dad did that oh look this has happened can you not leave the, the house for six years I'll try and make it shorter we'll see what happens I'll try and make it shorter and the little things, like even the girl starts getting hassled um, when she's driving a cart to deliver bread. They're like, nah, I've decided you can't use this road. Yeah, no, no delivering bread down here today. And it's like, but that's, she's supporting her family. It was all. Oh, that was the cobbles down by that, Civic. We're that, heading down to Academy. We better do a U-turn. Uh, yeah, but she was resilient as fuck. Like she drove around um, selling the family bread and she was getting dicked because she all of a sudden got a competitor. She just takes up selling cigarettes. She travels to the town to try and get... She's been quite sort of proactive and, and head on her shoulders, level-headed, what have you. Whereas the other kid is trying to be proactive. And when he sends his little brother and sister, when he... Like, he, he sort of loses the plot and all he can think to do is just carve up a wall. It really shows that he's frustrated in a situation. And it was frustrating to watch, actually. I had lots of opinions about how they could just get out of this. And it all evolved around, you know... The dad sucking it up and, you know... Well, that, that came into it, where the kids were just like, can't you just sacrifice yourself and go to jail and they'll take that, that family will take that as payment and then we can fucking go to school and shop for food? Would that would that be okay? And the dad's like, you trying to sell me up the river or whatever? Well, it was all honour-bound. Obviously, a hell of a lot had to do with honour and tradition and these old, these old European traditions and stuff like that. It was mm. fascinating. Fascinating to see. Didn't know anything about it. Probably the only film in the world to even cover the subject matter. Let me ask you, I did have one question. At one stage, he went out to try and hook up with his crush. And the next day, there was a bit of gunfire at the house. 
And then another time he just got pissed off and needed to get out of confinement. And they burnt down he the went stable. For a rock and they burnt down the stable. What, was he being watched that close that every time? Yeah, I think he was being watched that close. Or maybe the first time it was just like those girls, like she told her friend and that friend's bound to have told someone and someone's bound to have told someone. It was all sort of interconnected, these small villages. Cops, cops people, we might be finished with our recording. Cops, cops on the side of the road. No, we're doing <laughs> nothing wrong here. And the second time with the stables. first time he was a total dick because that car passed, he just stood there and gawped. He's been watched that close and loose lips sink ships. So that's right. why, yeah, I think each of those repercussions were tied to an event. Mm. Not rave reviews, even though it sounds like it, just because I'm less sober than I have been these other fest recordings. But uh, fascinating stuff anyway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached our destination. That's all you're getting from us. Yeah, Big Screen Auckland, another day's wrapped up. Incredible films, subject matter, diverse as you could possibly imagine in this film fest. Man, you Aucklanders are lucky. Buy some tickets, eh? It's only halfway. See ya. Do you want to say hello to the Big Screen Auckland? No, thank you. Too late.